Kindness Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushell. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. So in this episode of our Kindness Can podcast series, we're chatting about kindness in the community. A very hearty welcome from myself, Jane Lindley Thomas. And myself, psychologist Paul Bushell. And we have well-known actress and pure delight, really, uh, Lisa Bobbitt joining us in studio. How nice to see your lovely face. (laughs) Hello, Lisa. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So when I think about kindness with community, I've got to say that the first story that comes to mind for me is what you and your family went through. And uh, I know that it's a really... It's a tough one, but will you take us back to the phone call that you received? Sure thing. So my husband and I and three of my kids, we were at Makanda at the National Arts Festival, Grahamstown. And it was late, well, very early Saturday morning, the final weekend of the festival. I think it was the 8th of July. At 1.20, I think, in the morning, we got a phone call from the security company. They said that our alarm had gone off at home. And um, my husband said, well, please send round a car because one of our daughters was staying there with our friend and my friend was staying with them at the time. So my phone was on silent. So when I looked at my phone, because the security company phoned Aaron, when I looked at my phone, I saw about 10 missed calls from my friend. Mm. Oh, gosh. So, you know, immediately I knew something yeah, was sinking up. parent feeling. Yeah. And so I immediately phoned him and he's a very calm guy. Thank goodness, actually. I was like, Jason, what's going on? And he, I said, is everything okay? And he went, well, not really. Your house is on fire. Oh. <laughs> I was like, you're joking. What's the oh, first feeling you connect with? I was like, surreal. Yeah. Like, this is not Disbelief. happening. Yeah, this, I thought this can't be true. This is a joke, yes. Yeah. So I was like, no, what, what, do, what do you mean? So he goes, well, your house is on fire. And I was like, well, just give me the details. Well, what's happening? And then he explained that my daughter's room was on fire and they had been trying to put it out, you know, trying to obviously hit the flames. They had been trying to throw water upon the flames. Her bed was on fire. And I just said, well, close the doors, try and get the hose pipe in through the window. I'll phone you back. So then I was on the phone to the police station to Durban North Police Station, and then I was, Aaron was phoning the fire brigade, in between phoning his brother, in between phoning the security company, and so, and then I was phoning uh, Jason again, and Jason was like, we can't stop it, it's it's in the passage, and I was just like, well, get the passports. (laughs) <laughs> it's an interesting question though I mean we all have those hypothetical conversations And if, it, if there's a fire what do you take yeah. So you were thinking logically <laughs> okay? I must have been I think you know The, the fear of home affairs <laughs> It's enough to frighten anybody <laughs> um, Obviously It's he, a funny experience in those moments of trauma How suddenly the world kind of slows down a little bit You know listening to you talk about yes. Do this and do that and, and get the passports. <laughs> and, and then only after the moment, all these other emotions start flooding in. True. Yeah. 
Well, look, I was very calm when I was speaking to him. Sure. But when I was speaking to the police, I was screaming at them because they told me I was phoning the wrong police station. Uh. And I was like, excuse me, my house is burning down. Yeah, but it's not Durban North. You must phone Greenwood Park Police Station. I'm like, I don't want to swear on the podcast, but I was, you know. Yeah. Seething. I was seething. I was telling them exactly what I thought of that <laughs> and that they should get onto it yeah. and that they need to respond now. Mm-hmm. And then obviously when I was speaking to Jason, I was a lot calmer, especially because I could hear my daughter screaming in the background. Gosh. And she was just screaming. And then, you know, then she grabbed the phone from Jason. She's like, mommy, mommy. And I was just like, my baby, just, it's fine. It's fine. Just get out. Just get out the house. Just go. Get out the house. Uncle Neil's coming. That was Oren's brother. And it's going to be fine, my darling. Mommy. And I was just like, it's going to be fine. Mm. And out of control. You, you must just feel so oh, helpless. Helpless. Far away and helpless. Oh. And I'm like, you know, I think that's the thing is the out of control. Mm. And it just dawns on you that you have absolutely no control. I think also for a mum, you know, that maternal DNA patterning in a mother is protect your child at all costs. Yes. And now your shelter's going mm. and your child is in the place where the shelter is going. I mean, mm. I can't imagine on a soul level how out of, out of control, there's no other word, manic. Yeah. What is the conversation going on between you and Aaron at this stage? Well, we are just kind of passing ships. We were just pacing. We were just pacing between uh, the kitchen and the bedroom and the kitchen and the bedroom and the lounge and the kitchen. We were just passing ships, you know. We were Mm. both sort of delegating and he was obviously speaking to his brother and, you know, uh, phoning the fire brigade. And um, then eventually, I can't remember the entire timeline offhand, but eventually when we put the phones down, you know, we just stood in the kitchen and we just, Hugged each other yeah. and saw each other for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Just like, you know, we'll just we'll get through this somehow, you know. So let's talk about the moment you arrive at your home, your family home where you've lived for how many years? Uh, oh gosh, twenty one and a half years. Twenty one and a half years. Yeah. And what do you see when you arrive? Well, talking about community, you know, the community, all the friends. Were there. Mm. Everybody phoned, Lise, can we be at your house when you arrive? And and I was just like, yeah, please. Mm. You know, and are you sure? Would it be okay if we come? I'm like, pull in. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. And I think, you know, when, when you face tragedy, it, you just want people around you just supporting you, you know. And when we drove into our driveway, <laughs> there were friends and family and and they had, like, bought, you know, chips and water and, you know, <laughs> they were just there. And they were just hugging and <sighs> just holding you up through the process mm. and so much love, you know. So, yeah, on one, one hand, you know, your life has crumbled down. But on the other hand, there are people lifting you up. Sure. And we knew we'd be okay, you know. We knew that it, it was not going to be easy. You know, I'm not taking away uh, what's happened, but, you know, we'll be okay. And it's, it's going to be a, a new start, a new normal. I know that's what the psychologists say, hey, yeah. a yeah. new normal, but we will be all right. And uh, 
Yeah. I know your home, there's the driveway yes. and then there's the wall. Yes. So from the entrance, I assume that you couldn't see you couldn't, anything no. had changed. As you went around that wall, what do you see? Yeah. So even as you drive into the garage, the garage wasn't burnt. And above the garage is like a little sort of a granny flat. So from the road, it looks absolutely fine. And even when you park the car, if you look to the left where the front door is and the windows, it still has a sort of a shell of looking okay. But if you look through the windows, you see there's nothing. And the whole, obviously the whole roof had caved in and there was just roof tiles over everything. And um, where there wasn't roof tiles, you could see there were big holes in the floor because it's old Durban North house with a wooden floor. So that's how it went up so quickly. So quickly. Because it was like a Weber bra where the air from underneath, you know, just it was 15 minutes. It was a blaze from the first phone call to I think the whole house being up in flame was 15 minutes. Oh, gosh. It just was just so quick. Did nothing survive the fire? Some things did, funny like enough. Mm-hmm. Like like there was a little saying that I never even read. Did you see that one? Did I put tears in my eyes? It was your WhatsApp picture for a while. Oh, you know that it was someone had given me like a little bookmark, and I pressed duck it to to the wall or something. to the wall. Yeah. yeah, and I became sort of used to seeing it that I didn't really see it anymore. And um, my niece. She went rummaging the day before we got there, and she had found it, and it hadn't even caught a light. And it said, trust in the Lord, and he will make your path straight. And it was a proverb from the Bible. And she sent me a picture of that, and I was just like, wow. It was such a sign. It gave me so much peace that things will be okay. Yeah. Maybe we, we don't see it at the time, but we know Things will be all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing that a, that resilience is just such a beautiful thing to see in action, and that kind of just visually represents it. That in the, yeah. amongst all this chaos and and all this loss, yeah, yeah, this little moment of resilience, it's still there. There's this shining hope of of something. And as I'm listening to you tell the story, right from the beginning, people just seem like such a reminder of that. And I know some of the people along the way were frustrating. <laughs> we're hearing that. But at the same time, right from the first phone call, people just seem to be such a, yeah, such a constant source of support and resilience in this journey. Wow. You know, arriving home and seeing everyone. Oh, yes. And then, I, then just people did things. Like my sister-in-law started a group for food. And there's apparently an app where you can put your name down on the app and you can put down what meal and what date you're going to bring it. And we literally had meals arrive for, I think, a month and a half Mm. afterwards. Every night we'd come home to a beautiful meal with dessert and everything. (laughs) You know, it sounds like such a, like, like a silly thing, but it was such a wonderful a wonderful gift for us because, you know, the last thing you want to do is now go and prepare food now. You know, it's like food's taken care of. You know, it's just like… But oh. even more than the practical, I suppose, because there is a practical yes. element to it, of course. But even more than the practical, I'm just like filling up here as oh. I sit here with this feeling of someone took someone the did. time and yeah. the care 
to bring me dessert. I know. Okay, to just really take the time and the effort, and that just fills us up with such a wonderful feeling. Yes. Maybe you can talk us through some of some and of your feelings around that. And and you know, I'm not a great cook. My husband's a pretty good cook, but Alice, who worked for us, she was an amazing cook. I used, always used to call her my five star chef. You know, and um, I think just having these meals prepared and and delivered to us. Just they were so different to what we would do or what Alice would do. We'd have different meals. Every night was like going to a restaurant, you know, someone, you know, there's people who come to your home and and prepare. Personal chef. chef. And I was like, (laughs) oh, and because it was on the app, you know, you wouldn't get like the roast chicken every night or the lasagna every night. Like people would spread it out. Oh. I see they had chicken there. Right, we'll do a chicken, blah, 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 blah. This lady arrived and she had this chicken and she she prepared it in front of us because it all all had to be fresh, this and that and this. And I was just like, oh, my babe, I'm just so blown away. Uh, Mm. No words, you know. I know that when we chatted on air shortly after the fire, you spoke about your beloved art collection. Yeah. And this story really touched my heart because this year when you went to the Hilton Arts Festival – what yes. happened there? So uh, one of my friends, she had this whole plan where she kept saying to me, Lise, you're going to the Hilton Arts Festival. Can you bring something home for me? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yes, yeah, I can. But no, you, you, no, can you? And I was like, yes. What's the big deal, dog? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm I can. I'm getting a little bit irritated, you know what I mean? Like, I've got all my stuff with me and my car's full, but yes, I will get this for you. No, it's this, you know, this painting and da 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 da. I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, oh my gosh, yes, okay, chill. <laughs> and then so after I finished my show uh, my sister came to watch and I was like Hales listen quickly before we go and we start having you know chats and cappuccinos and stuff I've got to go and find Emma Jacobs and I've got to get this piece of art for my friend before I forget because she's SMSed me and WhatsApp me about a million times so she's like okay I love Emma Jacobs she's such an amazing artist would love to meet her I'm like yay so off we go and we find uh, her exhibition and you know she's busy talking to another lady who wants to buy something and I wait patiently and then you know I say hi Emma I'm Lisa and Liz asked me I must fetch something for her and she said yes it's for you what and she presented this beautiful painting which is her hundredth painting oh wow (laughs) For all of you listening, there are lots of tears going on in the studio right now. (laughs) Because she had heard Jane ask what I missed the most. And I said, the art collection that I'd collected over years and years of going to the festival. And and she gave me this beautiful, beautiful painting. And it's just an incredible painting that there's a, a line of trees. It's actually from the... Uh, Maritzburg Botanical Gardens where you can actually sit and reflect and and it was personal to her because it reminded her of her dad that had passed on and that was his favorite spot so it was just so beautiful I was just you know people like Emma doesn't know me you know and she just did that and it's her hundredth painting and 
Big shout out to Emma. I love Thank you, you Emma. Emma. Thank you for your kind heart. And I mean, yeah. speaking about materialistic possessions, when you sit back and now that it's all kind of sunk in, you're yeah. not running on adrenaline and you're not traumatized. Yes. Is there anything that you really miss that was that is gone? Like really, like you sit and think, oh gosh, I wish I could have got that. I wish I could have saved that. You know, funny enough, I mean, I love my piano. My old Wurlitzer, it was just really an antique piece and it was just so beautiful to look at. Um, I was a little bit out of tune, but it it was lovely. You know, it's the photographs. It yeah. really is. It's history. It's the history. It's mm. the photographs of the kids when they were young. And, you know, that that is the thing. That is mm. the stuff you miss. You don't really miss things. You miss people. The stories. And the stories. You miss the stories mm. attached to the stuff. Yeah, mm. I, I can totally get that. Yeah. yeah. But funny enough, you know, when we went upstairs to upstairs where the garage is, it's sort of like a granny flat, but it's become a sort of a junk room. We actually found a lot of photos. You know, it was, it was actually crazy. We were like sifting through and cleaning up and, and we were like finding photos. And I found a beautiful little photo of my baby, Holly, mm. that, yeah, I mean, she would be, oh gosh, she would be 19 now. And um, hmm. yeah, I lost her when she was a baby, and wow. that was a tragic story all on its own. But funny enough, when I found the picture and I hmm. gave it to Aaron, hmm. and I said, you know, Aaron, look what I found. He said he was actually praying to find a picture of her. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah. we just sat and cried together. Cried, yeah. Right. And he was like, wow, how did this end up? In this room upstairs, I was like, "No, you know, angels." Yeah. <laughs> and on the notes of Holly, I hope that maybe we can invite you back at one stage to chat about kindness around grieving parents, because I assume yeah. that there's so much on that journey Oof. of dealing with guilt or Oof. lost emotion or just the whole process, really. Yes. So maybe at some stage we can we can come no, back and to, chat you about know, that. I love to. You know, I like to talk, KJ. I know. <laughs> I know you, babe. I know you well. I know I've, got you this, I've got this kind of crazy <laughs> image in my mind that on the one hand, and, and if we put it in the palm of our hands and just hold it for a moment, the experience of of your loss, of Holly, okay, but, but of this home as well and, and all these stories that filled it. There's so much emotion that comes with that that, of course, is, is real and genuine and yes. yours and something that I'm still sure you're processing yeah. even today. And, and I don't yes. think we're running away from that for a moment. And I think take all the time you need to kind of face up to those feelings and really hold them and converse with them and find ways to express them. At the same time as you're telling your story, on the other hand, I've got this, yeah, the sense or this, this image of all these new stories, uh, all these beautiful <laughs> feelings uh, that also start to come into the space. And, and they can't take away that loss because it's a separate process. But they also, on the other hand over here, and it's such a beautiful thing. To behold wow. and, and feel as you're telling the story, these people uh, who've come into your life and, and done stuff and given new transitional objects or mementos for you to, to hold on to. And it's kind of just a beautiful thing to sit and balance with as we're having this conversation it today. Is. It's a very, yeah, it's a wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, thank I don't want to take away the, from the, the hardness of it. Thank you for putting it, it like yeah. that because that makes so much sense to me. It really does. It's like people, you know, they want to, Move on, maybe, mm. or like you know, like 
be calm and carry on and everything's going to be fine, you know. And like kind of white knuckle your way through. But actually to hold that as an experience and give it the weight that it it deserves and that it it has, Mm. but have your other hand open. Because I'm a very visual person. And when you had your two hands open, in your one hand you're holding it, mm. you're holding the experience, but in your other hand is open for everything new and all the blessings to come yeah. and the joy yeah. and the it's new. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's a wonderful – I think it's, it's quite nice to be able to know that we can hold different feelings all at once. Oh, it is. Yeah, and that's what we're hearing in this story, <laughs> that there is space to hold a whole bunch of stuff and they can all have a space – in my day and in my life, and I need to give them all different moments, different attention. I, d- I hope that resonates no, with you in some way. It really does, Paul, because, you know, I feel like, no, oh, now this is going to be a crying moment. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but, you know, you feel like there's times where people expect things from you. So you live up to others' expectations and actually... Why? Mm. You know? Like, just feel how you're feeling. Absolutely. Process how you're feeling. And then you can let that go. Or you can go back to that feeling. Or when you think about it again, it would have developed into something else. But I think the real, real hard part is not feeling. You know, or mm. living up to other people's expectations. And that is a very, very draining. Exhausting. Exhausting. Yeah. Exhausting, yeah. I go yeah. back to the mom again because the mom is yeah. always meant to sure. be the woman yeah. that has things sussed out. <laughs> and the children are looking at you. You know what I mean? I mean, I remember being sent that footage of you guys receiving clothes. <laughs> and I just th- thought of it from a mom's point of view. It must be quite a different experience relying on the kindness of others wow. to literally clothe your children. <laughs> hey? Wow. Yes. Yes. Jane, thanks for reminding me. That was quite crazy. It was, <laughs> it was quite a crazy time because my daughter and her friend walked out in their pajamas. I mean, she literally had nothing. They didn't have shoes on mm. their feet. And obviously Jason, he said, get out. And so they were out. And Jason, he also walked out, actually, with no shoes. <laughs> um, but he got his cell phone and he got his laptop. Yes, the cell phone battery ran dead <laughs> at yeah. that night. But he just wanted them to be safe. And they had nothing. And, you know, our next-door neighbor came with blankets and, you know, and took um, my daughter and her friend to their house and, put them on the couch and gave them hot chocolate and loved them and oh, I mean thank goodness for, for, for neighbours and friends I mean really but, and strangers uh, I mean how strangers. is the outpouring of people that don't even know you personally I mean Jane I have to give give a shout out to Robin Macmillan from Amanda Lear Cherry I mean she phoned me up and she was like please Lise I want you to come and I just want to we want to start your wardrobe and I brought a friend with because I thought, you know, it's very hard to accept. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, that was exactly where I was going. Like sometimes f- for so many of us, this is what we need, but to, to accept it and take it is, yeah. is quite a hard 
experience. Oh, it's stepping into a vulnerable. Yeah. It's stepping you're into a vulnerable. Pride. Yeah, you're sure. Pride. You know, you want to give and you feel good giving, but you're receiving, receiving. is hard. Yeah. And um, you know, I said, okay. I said, Kathy, you have to come with me because I know me. I'm going to go and pick maybe two or three things and just say thank you very much. And when I got there, she basically just opened up this huge room with so clothes for days. And she said, please take what what you would like. Wow. And, and Kathy, thank goodness that I had the foresight to say, Kathy, come with. Because Kathy was pulling off the rails. <laughs> You need this. This is beautiful. This is stunning. Oh, my gosh. This will suit you. This, 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 this. And then we went into another room, and it was so beautiful. She bought us coffee and biscuits, and it was the change room, and she was like, take your time. And I tried on outfits, and, you know, at the end, when she came back, she said, would you like shoes? Do you like these? Right, you can have them in blue, brown, red. <laughs> Do you like slides? Here they are. Handbags, handbags, scarves. Jen, I walked out with this box. And when I said at the end, I was like, is it too much? She said, this is exactly what we wanted for you. Yeah. Oh. And of course she meant it. And she meant it. Of course it. she meant it. And I, I suppose... Part of talking about kindness of community today, we're kind of highlighting what an incredibly kind community we actually do live in. uh, And all of us need to take note of that. But I think it's really, really a nice message is coming through here along the lines of it's also so wonderful to be able to receive that kindness. And so in small and and big ways sometimes, just be open to receiving that and allowing that joy to fill you. Why are we stopping ourselves from doing that? Mm. Yeah. And also that giving doesn't need anything in return. No. Wow, Jane. Hmm? Wow. That is exactly how I felt. I felt like, how do I reciprocate? Mm-hmm. Because we live in that mm-hmm. type of world. There's no world. such thing yeah. as a free lunch. Huh? <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what we believe. Yeah. That's yeah. what we lead to believe. Yeah. Yes. And I think in a way, that is how the world works. And that's how we can take such offense at times and feel things are so unfair because we feel like we've giving, 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 and we're not receiving because we... What's the catch? What's the catch, you know? But, yeah, sometimes it's just time to receive. And I really felt that I had so many strong messages from people. And it was so funny because I had this very long message from a friend of mine who... (laughs) I remember the one time I bumped into her at the spa in the parking lot. And she just said... How are you? And I was like, well, I'm not actually fine. Yeah. And I just started crying. This was years ago. And she said, right, I'm going to pray for you right now. And she prayed for me, you know, by where you put the car ticket in the thing, in the yeah. spa <laughs> parking lot. And I, I was a little embarrassed. And I said, that's like not what you want. You know, you just want to get on with your day. This is Praying at the moon. And I'm like, oh, feeling very, very embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> no one sees me. <laughs> and it's, your, it's the ego, it's the outside it's the who doesn't want it. But on the, the inside, ego. of course, it's all you wanted was someone to just say, I see you, I hear you. Okay? Right here, right now. <laughs> and it was funny because when she, when she stopped, I walked out of there 
and I can't even tell you what she prayed for. I can't even tell you what I was worried about, but it it left me. It left me. So when I got it, this WhatsApp from her driving back from Grahamstown, I was like, oh, I'm going to read this WhatsApp because she was really kind of red flag. Just in case she catches me at the you ticket know? machine. <laughs> she, she's got the hotline, you know. At least I'm sitting here reading this WhatsApp on my own and not in the <laughs> And she had the most wonderful words for me where she, she said, you know, that you'll be blessed through this time and that, you know, things will be restored and there will be abundance. And she said, at times it will feel like mm. it's too much. Mm. And for days afterwards, I would read her words and I was like, wow, because it does. It feels like it's too much. It mm. feels like I don't deserve this. Mm. Mm. What have I done? What work have I done to deserve this? Mm. You kept saying that when I spoke to you. <laughs> there are people that are going through far worse than me. I have got more than so many mm. other people. And I'm like, but this is mm. your time to receive. Yeah. This is your time. Wow. So it so often, I think, feeds back into yeah, some of the negative conversations that we're having all the time with ourselves about ourselves. And so there it pops out in that moment. In my moment of absolute Despair, need, yeah. okay, this voice still wants to come out and tell me, like, you don't deserve it. <gasps> okay. And so yes. it's a constant theme in our conversations, but really learning how to, how to watch out for that voice because yes. that's really not fair to you or anyone in that moment, that kind of blocking And it's such it. a sneaky voice. Yeah. It's a sneaky voice. It oh, we know that voice. So we know that voice. Oh. Hey? Sneaky. It's like, a, it's like an ill-behaved child. And that's how you need to discipline it. Like, go to your room. You're right. Go yeah. now. Go to your room. Yes. Yeah. I'm tired of you talking back. Yeah. Yeah. But often it's really had a whole conversation with you before you've actually realized. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It's like, stop it at the beginning. It's yeah. to recognize, like you sure. said, like, where... Sure. Where does it... Where? Yesterday, Jane and I made a post about how are you. So it's interesting that you bring that up. You know, we're so conditioned to walk past and say, oh, how are you? And then fine. the next week we say, fine. <laughs> but I think that moment with the woman at the ticket machine, well done for actually saying your truth and saying what you needed in that moment, mm-hmm. allowing yourself to receive whatever she could do next, whether it was a hug or a prayer or a kind word uh, or even a bigger gesture of a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> As sometimes we just need to put our hands up in life because there's a whole community out there. And through the story, once again, we, we hear it. Mm-hmm who just want to be there for one another yes. because it feels good and it feels right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for your time because I think it's so important for us to highlight that regardless of our differences, we have such power and unity when we are kind. Yeah. Yeah. You are loved. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. You're so welcome. Thank you, Jane, oh for darling. doing this. Really, it is so important what you're doing. Really are touching people's lives more than you know, and that is a huge act of kindness. Mm-hmm. Love you. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I love yeah. you. I love you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so much of love, oh my God. and we love all of you. Um, yeah. And yeah, follow our yeah. podcasts. Follow us on social media mm-hmm. at Kindness Can, and yeah, send us some of your stories at info at kindnesscan.co.za. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Lots of love. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.